Uh, welcome, everybody. I'm Dr. Parneet Chima. I'm a medical oncologist at William Osler Health System, also medical director of cancer care at William Osler in Brampton. We, uh, I'm joined here today with Dr. Stephanie Snow. We attended the 2022 ASCO meeting this year that took place from June 3rd to June 7th, 2022. Um, this is a series of podcasts, and this particular podcast is going to be focusing on an Energy One fusion um, abstracts, where these podcasts are focusing on rare subtypes of non-small cell lung cancer. So I'm great to have Dr. Stephanie Snow, who's a medical oncologist at QE2 Health Sciences Center and associate professor at Dalhousie University, as well as the president of Lung Cancer Canada, who will summarize the, summarize the highlights of an interesting abstract presented at this meeting, the Crestone study, initial efficacy and safety of cerebantamab in solid tumors harboring NRG1 fusions. So Dr. Snow, why don't you tell us about this fusion and, and some important details of this study? Thanks, Dr. Chima. Um, I'm really thrilled to be here today and talk about this abstract. So the target um, that was being um, uh, examined in this trial is called the NRG uh, fusion. And this is an interesting mutation because the actual uh, mutated product is a ligand. And so what happens is there's a fusion protein and it can uh, locate itself in the uh, surface of the cancer cell where it can directly um, stimulate its target, which is the HER3 molecule. Once it does that, HER3 will uh, covalently bond to HER2, and that leads to intracellular cascades that lead to cancer-like developments. Now, these NRG fusions are actually quite rare, and they can be found in a number of different tumors, so really a tumor agnostic mutation, but we can enrich for these mutations when we look at certain subtypes of cancer, most notably the uh, pancreatic ductal adenocarcinoma that are KRAS wild type are enriched for NRG fusions. And in lung adenocarcinoma, if you look at the subset that's an invasive mucinous, they are much more likely to harbor one of these mutations. Now, to date, there are no uh, approved drugs, so we were really excited in the Crestone study to see the evidence of activity of a drug called seribantumab. So seribantumab is a fully humanized um, uh, monoclonal antibody, and it will work in two ways. It can bind directly to the HER3, blocking the ligand attachment spot, and it can also prevent that HER3 from binding to HER2. So really getting at the um, mechanism of action of the NRG fusion protein. Um, Seribantumab is fully humanized, and it is delivered as a dose of three grams um, intravenously once weekly. So there are a number of cohorts in the Crestone study, and the one that was reported this year at ASCO is cohort number one, and that's a cohort of patients who have known energy uh, gene fusions from multiple different tumor types who have not had any previous directed therapy against that mutation. And the endpoint that we learned about this year was the overall response rate by investigator assessment. Now, I did mention this is tumor agnostic, and this trial uh, was enrolling patients that had multiple different tumor types. But at the end of the day, the majority of the patients that we saw from this report were those who have non-small cell lung cancer. This cohort had 15 patients that they reported on, and of those, one of them was a pancreatic cancer, but all the rest were non-small cell lung cancers.
We found that overall these were pretty fit patients. Um, most of them had an ECOG zero or one and reflective largely of the fact that this was a trial run in the US, Canada and Australia. The majority of patients were of white ethnic background, but there were representation from um, African Americans and Asian uh, patients as well. The majority of these patients were female, a little bit more than 65% uh, coming in at the female sex. So what we found was that seribantinib did have some significant activity in these tumors with the energy fusions. In terms of an overall objective response rate, it was one in three or 33%. And of those patients who responded, half of them actually had a complete response. In addition to that, every other patient except for one had stable disease. And so that led to a very impressive disease control rate of over 90%. The other great thing is that we found that in addition to some of the depth of responses with some CRs, these were durable responses. Of the patients who had responded, three quarters were still responding at the time of the report and the median duration of response had not yet been met. And this is a drug that seems to work quickly. 75% of the responses or three out of four were present at that first radiographic check at the six week point in time. So it seems to work nice and quickly as well. Finally, this is a drug that's very well tolerated. There were very few grade three or higher adverse effects. There were no treatment-related uh, deaths. And a lot of the toxicities are what we so-call paper toxicity. So some people need a dose reductions for things like an ALT or uh, very manageable side effects such as fatigue. So no really concerning um, safety signals for seribantamab. So um, this is just one of a series of uh, therapies that is targeting NRG. There was other ones that we learned about at ASCO, but as I mentioned, there's no current approved therapy. So this was very exciting to see another rare mutation, the NRG1 fusion, become more so targetable in this situation. Thank you so much for that excellent review of the, the abstract. So what is the impact to Canadians um, based on this abstract? And should we be testing all our patients uh, for NRG1 fusions, particularly non-small cell lung cancer patients? Absolutely. As I mentioned, uh, Crestone does have um, sites in Canada. And um, I think it would be great if you found a patient that had this mutation, it would be great to hook them up with those trials, especially if they live close by, um, because it seems to be quite effective. And we know that NRG1 fusion positive cancers are somewhat less likely to have good responses to our classic therapies, chemotherapy, immunotherapy. And there's some thoughts that NRG1 fusion mutant patients may have more of a stem cell behavior to their cancer. Now, the thing about testing is this is best detected using RNA sequencing. So it's great that in Canada, we're seeing these much larger um, next generation sequencing panels come out, but many of them will not actually test for the NRG1 fusions. And so it's important to know your actual panel. The other thing is a lot of patients are now looking to uh, serum testing for circulating tumor DNA for diagnostic purposes. And because this is a fusion, it can be a lot more difficult to uh, detect with serum testing. And so it's important when you especially have that invasive mucinous subtest set of um, non-small cell lung cancer, that you're thinking about the likelihood of this gene and going um, to make uh, wise decisions about who else to refer for extra testing to make sure it's being done. 
That's great. So good key, key takeaway points that we should be testing for this. It needs RNA and DNA-based testing to be able to detect it, similar to other types of fusions as well. So thank you so much. So that concludes this podcast. I want to thank the audience for joining. And I want to thank Dr. Stephanie Snow for joining with me today. Thank you.